to smoke about this time of the day. And all this is keeping me to where I can't go do it. Now, I'm gonna go do it. Well, hello and welcome to another session of About This Time of Day, a Teen Mom podcast where we are living in 2009 and would like to stay there. My name is V, I am your host, and this is a show where we talk a little teen mom and we get a little high while we do it. And if you are just joining me this season, we are talking about the girls of Teen Mom 2, and today we will be talking about Leah. Our companion strain for this session is some rainbow belts in a THC cartridge. You know me and my cartridges, sorry everybody out there who doesn't like them, I promise I'll get back to the flower soon. But I saw that they had rainbow belts in a cartridge, and I freaking loved that flower, so I picked it up. It's fine. It's fine. Next time I'll get the flower, I promise. The description for Leah's episode reads, This West Virginia cheerleader is having twins with the boy she was dating for one month. And if that wasn't already hard enough, she develops health complications that puts the baby's lives at risk. Leah is going to be one of those people, I think, in the teen mom world who stays in the middle until we get a little further into the series. And then she becomes a little bit more polarizing, a little bit more dramatic. Um, Obviously, this is a very (laughs) dramatic description, twins, a boy she's been dating for one month. But if you know anybody from West Virginia you know that this is just par for the course. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Thank you to all my West Virginian listeners. I truly appreciate each and every one of y'all. In Leah's introduction, we meet her, obviously, her family, her mom, and her baby daddy, Corey. That's the guy she's been dating for one month. Her intro explains to us that he drove her home from a party one night, and one thing led to another. Mm Mm-hmm. I know how that goes. At this time, Leah is 17 years old, and she says that Corey is two years older than her, so he's 19, and she is pregnant with twins. Holy fucking shit. Can you imagine? Obviously, being 16, 17, and pregnant is very scary, but you got two of those things on the way? In Leah's first scene, her voiceover explains to us that Corey was initially supposed to be a rebound guy because she had just gotten out of a three-year-long relationship with somebody else when he drove her home from the party. Now, their relationship has been fast-tracked because she is pregnant and they need to actually get to know each other now. So that's kind of where we start off with Miss Leah. If I were the writers of that description I read earlier, I would have totally put that in there. You know, West Virginia cheerleader, blah, 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 blah. And if that wasn't already hard enough, this guy was just supposed to be a rebound. Yeah, health complications are important, but the rebound issue is where the drama's at. During their opening scene, we see Leah and Corey sitting on a swing set, just talking. Off the bat, Corey seems like a well-to-do kind of guy. I am a fan of Corey. I'm not even going to lie. He's a good old boy, but honest to God, I think he's pretty much a stand-up guy. You hear in this conversation, Leah mentioned to Corey, it must be kind of weird, you know, me being pregnant and this being like your first relationship. It's kind of funny though that like I'm the first like real relationship that you had. And we're pregnant. <laughs> and I was 
Must be kind of hard. It is. Wasn't ready for that yet. Nothing. It's hard for me, too, because I was used to, like, you know, don't get mad for me saying this, but, like, knowing somebody really well. Being with somebody for two years and not getting pregnant, and then being with somebody for a month and being pregnant. While I was with my ex-boyfriend, Robbie, I was on birth control the whole time. But when we broke up, I missed one of my shots. Turns out, you really can't do that. So now I'm pregnant. Okay, lesson learned. You really can't do that. Get your shots, people. In the next few scenes, Leah is shown having a couple different discussions, the first being with Corey, his family, and Leah's mom. Leah's dad is not in the picture. And the five of them are having a conversation about how scary it is knowing that twins are on the way and just talking about how they reacted when they first found out that they're having two baby girls. So exciting, but for teenagers, 10 times more scary. That scene transitions to one where Leah is hanging out with her cheerleading friends, who she no longer really gets to see because we learn as viewers that she had to take that semester off from that year of high school in order to help get ready for the babies. For some reason, she couldn't do both at the same time, which I do understand, but I'm also a little worried because this is the first time I've heard of one of the girls taking a semester off before they give birth. So I'm hoping that doesn't come back to bite her. I guess we're going to find out. But during that conversation with her friends, they ask Leah, well, what's one of the most important things to you right now about this pregnancy? Because they had already been talking about how she's missing school. She wants to be cheering. She misses being on the squad. But as far as like the pregnancy itself, what's the most important thing? And Leah's answer is staying together with Corey or working it out with Corey, even though they're still in a new relationship. To Leah, because her dad wasn't there when she was young or now, it's very important to her for her daughters to have a dad in their life. And I'm totally behind that. And I really think Corey's the guy that will do that. After we return from commercial, we come upon one of my favorite teen mom scenes ever. And probably not for the reasons you're thinking if you've been listening to my show for a little while. I, I love this scene because it's so fucking genuine. The scene begins with Leah's voiceover telling the viewer that we're all doing things to help get ready for the baby. Corey's working two jobs. I'm helping us look for a place to live because she does say they have to move in together since living at her mom's house would be way too crowded. And another thing that has to happen before the babies arrive is that Corey has to sell his beloved truck. Heartbreaking. Corey mentions that the truck has been better to him than Leah has and it's the one that has to go. It's well-meaning. It's not truly something like, well, I mean, Leah's been a bitch to me. You know, it's not like that. He's just lamenting the fact that he must get rid of his car for the betterment of his family. But he's still having a hard time coming to terms with it. So that day, Leah says that she's taking Corey to go look at an actual car that can fit baby seats in. On their way to wherever this car is, because they don't really end up at a dealership, the entire way there, Leah is mentioning, oh, I think the babies are like kicking my bladder. I, I really feel like they're just directly on my bladder. And as luck would have it, unfortunately, they arrive, they get out of the car, they're about to go look at the other car for sale, and <laughs> not even 10 steps, 
towards that new vehicle they're looking at, Leah has to stop and turn around. Corey keeps going, not quite sure what's going on, or maybe she left her purse, I don't know. But all we hear is Leah laughing very hard and then whispering, I just peed my pants. <laughs> She's, I'm laughing because Leah is cracking up in this scene, you guys. Go watch it. And then once Corey realizes what's happening, because he's already in the car ready to test drive, and he says, Leah, you have to come in too. And she's like, no, still laughing, but way far back. So no one can really see how bad she peed her pants. Leah's like, no, I can't. And Corey kind of makes a face. And then Leah just turns around to show him her soaked back of her pants. This poor girl. Oh, my God. But it makes Corey laugh out loud. They're both cracking up on their separate ends of the yard. I'm laughing. It's just an unexpectedly jovial moment. I think maybe the combination of accepting this as an eventuality of being pregnant and also just the absurdity of it all, you can't help but kind of laugh. And I love seeing Corey and Leah have this moment where they're just like, you peed your pants. She's like, shut up. It's not funny. It's not funny, but they're both laughing. She's trying to get back in Corey's other truck they came in because they're heading home. And she says that she thought her water broke. That poor girl. Oh my gosh. It is one of my favorite moments in Teen Mom. It's just so wholesome and weird and happy. And that's exactly the kind of shit that I go for. Leah's voiceover tells us that even though she is trying to laugh off the peeing her pants incident, it is becoming really frustrating dealing with all the complications from this pregnancy. She mentions not only feeling sick all the time, but now she's feeling lonely too. Corey is working day and night, and since she's not at school, she's not seeing her friends. Thankfully, her baby shower is coming up, and she will be able to see some people and socialize a little bit more. Of course, Leah and Corey are showered with a bunch of pink baby gifts, so cute, and we get to hear Leah describe some of her health issues she's having to her friends at the baby shower. Babies are laying on a uh, sciatic nerve on my back, so my leg goes completely numb sometimes. When you sleep? Yeah, at night. I haven't been able to sleep for three nights in a row because of it. And my veins are busted all the way down my leg. Now, I hear this and think it sounds incredibly uncomfortable, but Leah's friends at this baby shower don't really react much. They don't really seem to care. In fact, as far as the editing's concerned, they stare blankly at her and then ask when she's coming back to school. Leah tells her friends that she's coming back to school in January and is really excited to do so. She tells them how much she feels like she's missing out on everything, and they all agree with her and help her think of things that she's missed out on, like homecoming and cheerleading and football games. So this scene really hits home all the different changes that Leah has to go through now that she's pregnant with these twins. The scene continues, and we see Leah socializing and hanging out with her friends that we know she's missed a lot. Her voiceover comes in and says that she really realizes now how much she's missing out on because of her pregnancy. She thought by this time she would be hanging out and shopping for senior week. Instead, she's at home sorting through baby clothes. 
that prompts a transition back to her home, I assume later that night, and then one more transition to what I believe is the next day. Since Leah did not get much sympathy or even a reaction from her friends regarding the medical issue she's having, we now see Leah trying to have a conversation with Corey on their porch about all the trouble she's having. Unfortunately, Corey doesn't react either. What's happening here? Is this, what is this? Why doesn't anyone care what she's going through? Maybe, maybe she bitches about it all the time and we just don't see it. I have special sympathy for this because I have chronic pain and I have a lot of issues like that, that I just want to keep bitching about and tell everybody like, oh, my neck hurts so bad today. My back hurts so bad today. But I don't because I know people don't want to hear that. She's a young girl and she's pregnant. She probably either doesn't know that people don't give a shit about her pain or is too gone in her, you know, pregnancy brain to really care. I'm not blaming her. I want people to show her a little bit more sympathy, but I'm trying to think of the reasons why no one seems to be giving a shit. I'm not coming up with any good ones. At first, Corey's response is a simple and vague, mm-hmm, which just makes me want to wreck somebody. I hate those vague, I'm kind of listening responses that guys sometimes give. I've never really, well, no, that's not true. I was going to say I've never really had that from a girl, but I have. So <laughs> it does happen in both sexes. I, I just don't understand why people do that. Like if you're not listening, I don't know. Can you just pr stop lying to me? <laughs> like I feel like I'm being lied to by your your fake interest in what I'm saying. Uh, Corey does change the subject from Leah's pain to money pain. Corey goes on to talk about how he's working three jobs and he still doesn't have any money and that's kind of what he's worried about right now, which I feel like is not directly discounting what Leah is complaining about, but is also not really validating what she says either. His mm-hmm was supposed to be validation enough. Leah asks Corey about the house situation and what they plan to do since they can't live with Leah's mom. As we know, they're planning on moving out together. But Corey says that he's working so much, he doesn't have time to go around and look for apartments and look at that and look at this. And I guess is thusly kind of putting it all on Leah, who isn't in school right now and would have the time, but she's also 17 years old and pregnant with twins. You need to help a little bit too, though, dude, don't you? And I know this is probably before online realty was really big. Like, no one's flipping through Zillow right now. You know what I mean? It's not that world. However, I feel like there are options and compromises that they're not reaching here. And it kind of ends in a fizzle. They don't argue. They don't really continue to talk about it either. Leah simply says with a sigh, This is way too hard. And then the scene transitions to, I think, later that night. Leah's voiceover comes in and tells the viewer that the entire night she was tossing and turning, unable to sleep, extreme pain in her legs, her back was hurting, and at a certain point, she started feeling pain in her stomach. Not a good sign. She wakes up, and we see herself, her mother, and Corey made it there. Dawn, Leah's mom, is on the phone with presumably a hospital. And I really don't know about this short snippet that you're about to hear. I feel like we definitely have an edited in phone voice. So listen for that. And I also think that the way 
Dawn is speaking, sounds like she's trying to convince somebody on the phone. Like, well, there's a problem here. So I wonder what this entire conversation was. Here, I'll let you listen. This morning, it got even worse. So we called my doctor. But her belly's tightening up and she's saying she's hurting and her back's starting to hurt now. What do you, I mean, I don't know. She should come straight to the So I did amplify the phone voice at the end there so you could actually hear what was being said. So keep that in mind as you listen. But I feel like the language, she should go straight to the hospital. She definitely should go straight to the hospital. Were they avoiding some kind of liability? I often wonder that when I hear specifically medical people speak in absolutes. So it's just interesting here To see Mama Dawn kind of stressed out, if you watch it, you see on her face, obviously she's concerned for her daughter. She's only six months pregnant at this time. She should not be having labor pains or contractions. We're nowhere near that point. So I understand her concern. But then also compounding that with the tone in her voice and just the way she's presenting the information. Well, she's saying this, trying to convince, trying to almost talk them into, no, this is really happening. What do you think we should do? I wonder what was actually said to her in that moment. After that audio from the doctor that you hear, or whatever hospital staff may or may not have been on the phone at that time, the scene cuts right away to them driving to the hospital. We don't hear the rest of that conversation. It's just weird things like that that kind of stick in my mind. Like, well, what really happened there? Because that may or may not be medical malpractice. You know what I mean? I'm always looking for something ridiculous like that to pop out. And don't say it can't happen because if you watch Dance Moms, you remember Australia. You remember. As I said, that scene on the phone with the doctor transitions directly into Corey and Leah driving on their way to the hospital. Leah is very, very concerned and Corey is doing his best to keep her positive He says we have to continue just to think everything's okay until we hear otherwise. And that's a mantra we'll see him adopt as the show continues. You'll see in different circumstances, sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse. I think in this situation, it's better to keep everybody calm. And I think Corey is doing that the best way he knows how here. Just like, hey, Leah, I I know we just have to think positive. It could be a little bit more empathetic sympathetic, whatever you would like to say, a little bit more with her in the moment, a little I hear you baby and I understand how you feel, but Corey's only 19. He's a 19-year-old kid from the country, so I can't fault him too much for not being so emotionally aware. Unfortunately, Corey's positive attitude didn't have an effect on the overall day. Leah and Corey arrive at the hospital and Leah's voiceover tells us that her doctor took one look at her and admitted her to the hospital. The pain she was feeling were, in fact, contractions, labor pains, six months into pregnancy. This poor girl, on top of all her other stresses, on top of twins, on top of body pain, on top of numb legs and sciatica, oh my fucking god, how terrified must she be? I mean, we all know how this turns out. She is okay. She goes on and does the Teen Mom 2 season, but watching this, it, it's it's really, you get nervous. You feel for her. At this point, in my opinion, I see her as a girl that got mixed up into something that she just didn't even realize 
did not even realize how far it could go. So far, we've seen some pretty straightforward teen moms. They haven't had too many crazy things happen to them or their children that weren't a direct result of their negligence of some kind. But (laughs) here, this is all beyond their control completely beyond their control. The only thing in their control would have been wearing a condom, but we're past that now. I don't know. I just always think to myself, what would I do? And I would probably be shitting myself if I were Leah right now. We come back after the commercial to see Leah still in the hospital bed. Leah's voiceover tells us all the different things that could go wrong if she delivers these babies this early. She talks about how they're only two pounds each, and their lungs are not fully developed yet, and so they would not be able to breathe on their own if they were birthed at this time. It's a really scary time to be a new parent if you're in that bed, and I I have no fucking idea how that is. It's something I would never wish on anybody. And if any of my listeners out there have gone through something similar to this, you have my utmost respect and empathy because I can't imagine what it is that you had to go through mentally. Thankfully, in Leah's situation, after three days of medicine mixing, they finally found a combination of medicines that stopped her contractions and stopped the babies from being delivered so early. She was released on the third day, but was given strict orders to stay on bed rest, which is what she did. Of course, when we see her get home, she has this cute little baby puppy or a Yorkie, perhaps, just a very small dog, jumping on her chest and licking her face. And it's a small dog, but you literally almost just gave birth six months early, and this dog is like jumping on your stomach. I don't know, it made me nervous to watch, but... Following that scene, we do see Leah in bed, laying down, bored as fuck. Bed rest sucks. All I can do is lie around. Oh, and it's really cold in this house. I'm gonna lay down. I'm bored and lonely, and I can't stop thinking about all the stuff I should be doing to get ready for the girls. What's the worst thing you hate on bed rest? Laying there. There's nothing fun to lay in there. I want it over with. Suddenly, I feel like she and I are very different people. Of course, I understand that there is a lot to prepare for when you're pregnant and a lot of stuff that she could be doing instead of having to be on mandated bed rest. So I get the frustration and I get the boredom. I just really fucking love doing nothing. I like playing the Switch. I like getting high. I like doing nothing. And I love to do it all laying down. Then my back doesn't hurt. Then my neck doesn't hurt so bad. I'd love to just lay around all day. And I, if I could record this podcast laying down, you bet your ass I would. Bet your ass I would. Thankfully, since Leah is on this mandated bed rest, Leah's mother helps Corey find a place for him and Leah to move into, which I think is really nice and honestly way more than I expected her to be doing. You actually see her walking around an apartment with Corey looking at it, assessing it, and I'm sitting here like, oh Corey, I thought you didn't have time, but I guess he found some time and they were able to pick out a home, so that's very exciting. They have somewhere to go once the girls are born. The next thing we see after Dawn and Corey walking around the dwelling together inspecting it 
is Leah packing her stuff while her voiceover says she's not really sure if she's ready for that kind of commitment with Corey, but ready or not, it's moving day. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck! We see Leah and Corey pulling up to their new home, and <laughs> Leah's voiceover says that their new place is pretty beat up, but it's all Corey could afford, so they're gonna have to fix it up a little. Cue a run to the nearest hardware store. I'll recap their trip to the hardware store very quickly. They want to buy paint. They can't afford any paint. And I'm sorry I can't actually give this scene more attention because it's probably the first time that I remember in Teen Mom so far where we actually see these girls like visibly struggle with money. Of course, this is a superfluous thing. It's not like they need food and don't have food, but they're trying to buy paint to fix up the house and they literally cannot afford to do that at this time. Corey finds out the price of the paint, goes back to Leah and says, no, we can't get paint today. It's gonna completely wipe us out. It ends up being about $120 for all the paint that they need to paint the entire house. And it's just not something they have that they can willingly spend before Corey gets paid again. Now that is a real situation. That is something that people need to see more of. If you compare this with whatever the fuck Teen Mom is now, and I have not even been watching you guys, I'm sorry, I know it's on, I see blips about it here and there, I don't know what's going on in the Teen Mom world right now. I'm a bad fan, but I like quality. This, as sad as it is, total quality. Corey and Leah are both very frustrated that they can't afford the paint, and we see them at home rehashing what had just happened. I think I've reached my breaking point. <laughs> They're flipping out and just going crazy. Okay. What? What happened? What happened? Oh, I have. Well, what? let's see. <laughs> what hits the breaking point? First of all, we had like million dollars in the bank. I feel about sixty now. Oh yeah, sixty now. I feel like crap. I really do. I feel like I'm swollen like all over, really bad. You're in a good mood today, aren't you? Notice here how Corey, again, immediately changes the subject as soon as it turns to how Leah is physically feeling. I don't want to be overly critical or overly judgmental, God forbid, but if you're watching it, in my opinion, as soon as they stop talking about money and she starts talking about how she's in pain, he zones out. You can tell he's disassociating or stopped paying attention, in my opinion. That's, that's what I see. That's what I look for when I know I'm boring people or I know people don't want to listen to me talk anymore. I look at their eyes and I can tell as soon as I lose somebody in a conversation, it's awful to have to continue speaking when that happens. Thank God I can't see any of you and I love you for it. I'm in a wonderful mood. Actually, I'm really not I'm a, in a good mood today. I'm sarcastic. I know. Okay, well, I gotta go. Sorry. Okay. Oh, don't throw it at me again, you stupid piece of So what you just heard there was Corey suddenly having to get up and leave which I'm not holding against him as far as not paying attention to Leah's pain. I think that's a weird editing thing that they did. But what you hear Leah say, throw it at me again, you stupid piece of shit. She says that because as Corey's getting up, I don't know if they hugged and kissed goodbye as well, but Corey throws a wadded up piece of paper or paper towel at her face? At her fucking face! 
And and that's what she says. She throws it back at him, you know, kind of aimlessly and says, throw it at me again, you stupid piece of shit. And I really don't blame her for saying that. What the fuck? Her voiceover does come in directly after and say, Corey thinks he's funny, but I don't see anything funny about our situation right now. So maybe this is a joke, but without saying too much more, this is a serious disrespect issue for Leah. And I don't like that this happened so fucking early. I didn't remember this at all, at all that that ever happened. And now watching this, I'm nearly like shocked to see it. I don't know. It doesn't sit right with me. And I don't like that that happened. And I don't like that. That's how Corey leaves it with her as he walks out the door. Don't throw things at people. It's not funny. Don't throw them at their face. How about like at their shoulder or at their feet or at the dog or what the fuck ever? Not hard. Don't throw hard things at the dog. I mean like a ball or like something playful, you know, that he could catch or not choke on. It doesn't matter. What matters is don't throw shit. Don't throw bacon. Don't throw paper. You know what the fuck I'm talking about. Oh my God. When we next see Leah, it is December and she is 34 weeks pregnant. Leah and Corey have now officially moved in together and we see Leah and her sister Victoria unpacking some of Leah's things. The two of them end up finding some kind of paper that Leah must have written when she was about nine years old that says that in five years she planned on getting a scholarship for college because she had planned on being a doctor in the future. Now, I don't know about you, but that's some lofty goals for a nine-year-old, don't you think? And maybe, like, this is the 30-year-old me looking back and seeing, like, oh, kid, your dreams are never going to come true. What are you thinking? This is America. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, that um, cynicism hadn't hit Leah yet, clearly, and she was imagining being a doctor. And it's a stark moment of realization, I think, for both Leah and her sister in this scene because it's so much of, wow... None of this happened. So much of this changed. And it's very clear that while they're discussing this, Leah looks pretty down on herself. I feel like that's completely unfair. She, although has made some questionable decisions, was also brought up clearly in a family and an educational system that does not support good sex education and also maybe hasn't taught her exactly how to handle her emotions properly. We heard that she was with one boy for about two years, two and a half years, and then she meets a guy a month later, decides to randomly go off her birth control shot, which clearly you can't really do, and now has kids. So there's a lot of decision-making protocol that was missed and things that were not taught to Leah, that she should not, in my opinion, feel bad for in any way. Yeah, questionable decisions have been made by her and all the girls we cover on this podcast, but very few of them I can truly blame for their actions. Janelle is a outlier, of course, but here we have another example of just a total system that has failed this young girl. As Leah and her sister are going through the miscellaneous notes and old papers, Leah finds some notes about her old boyfriend, Robbie, and it kind of sends her into a nostalgia overload. What's up with you and Little Fisher? Oh my God, that's Robbie. You and Little Fisher? 
I dated Robert for two freaking years. Uh, no, two and a half. Yeah, years. it was almost three years. <sighs> this is sad. I want to go back to this these days. I have I Love Robbie written all over this freaking book. Kindergarten. I really did love him, you know? And things just went so wrong. <laughs> talk to Robbie since I got pregnant, but when I think about how happy I was with him, it makes me question what I have with Corey. Now every little thing Corey does drives me crazy. Corey, don't drop so fast, please. I ain't dropping fast. I'm hitting 40. You're hitting 40. Stop getting all driving no, fast. No, I'm always the bad guy. I'm always the bad guy. Don't act like the bad guy and you won't be the bad guy. Well, why are you getting mad at me for it's not just that Corey's driving too fast. This whole relationship is going too fast. So I feel like this is an unusually relatable situation for viewers of any age and any gender and any relationship status, truly. When you start thinking about where the grass is greener, your grass suddenly looks like fucking shit. And of course, there is something to be said here for their ages, as a teenager, you're always thinking of the next move and, well, yeah, maybe this is going to be forever, but maybe not. And of course, you have those idealistic crazy people who get engaged at 17 and really fucking mean it and are like, what the fuck? You know, it's not like a fun kind of thing. It's a, no, we're getting married. Don't do that. But anyway, we definitely have here a situation with Leah that presents itself as something that is very real. She straight up admits, ever since I've been thinking about Robbie, everything that Corey does gets on my fucking nerves. That's severe honesty. And it doesn't sound written or overly scripted. So I feel like what we're seeing here is unfortunately the beginning of the deterioration of their relationship. At the end of that audio clip, Leah says this entire relationship is moving too fast since they've only been living together for about three weeks and Leah's already having these issues. Yeah, I can say that things are going maybe a little too fast with y'all. That scene transitions to, I believe, later in the day at Leah's mom's house. Leah has decided to take some time away from Corey and is spending some time over her mom's house. The two of them are sitting and discussing just how difficult it is really trying to make this work with Corey and how difficult it is adjusting to this life where she can no longer go out with friends, do whatever she wants, hang out here, hang out there. She now has these responsibilities of an adult woman who has two children on the way. Leah's mom does say that Leah has made some decisions that have put her in this situation. But ultimately, their conversation ends by just agreeing that it's hard. Leah actually says she doesn't regret her children, but she's already losing sleep and they're not even here yet. That is a statement. Again, the honesty here is refreshing. I guess you do see some escapism via Leah's preoccupation with Robbie and her old life, but I also think that's just natural adjustment. So I don't see a lot of what one might consider true escapism and willful ignorance. I don't see that here like you do with some of the other girls, so it's a different experience as a viewer. 
Leah decides to stay at her mom's house for the night, but during the night, she starts feeling a little funny. She wakes up her mom and tells her that she feels like she's leaking. Her mom asks if she wants her to call her doctor, but Leah doesn't want to because if it's just pee, that's going to be really embarrassing. This poor girl, who cares? Call the doctor if you're worried. But I do understand you don't want to cause a fuss when it might not be necessary. You also have twins and are 17 years old, so you know, you're weighing, you're weighing your options here. Eventually, Leah's mom does take her to the hospital, and it turns out that leaking was her water breaking. She is six weeks early, but the doctor said that it is natural and normal for her twins to arrive early sometimes. Leah makes all the appropriate phone calls, and before you know it, you see a whole waiting room of people, and of course, Corey, coming in to support Leah and their growing family. I gotta say, it's great to see how excited Corey is. You see him smiling, you can feel his nervousness. It's something that I personally don't remember seeing from any of the dads before on Teen Mom or 16 and Pregnant. Because one of the babies is in a breached position, which means feet first instead of head first, Leah will need an emergency C-section to deliver these babies. Unfortunately, I know some moms kind of feel weird about that or like it doesn't really count. I am not of that line of thought because I was born via C-section, so what the fuck are you trying to say? Just kidding. Corey puts on scrubs and is with Leah throughout the entire procedure. Her two babies are born one minute after each other, and we welcome Aliana and Aaliyah. I'm gonna see if they say their middle names because I think it's worth including their middle names even if they're not included in this first episode here because Leah does use them quite a bit in the Teen Mom series and I would really like to include them in the Teen Mom Baby Name Game. Teen Mom Baby Name Game Yes, on December 16th, 2009, Aliana Hope and Aaliyah Grace were born to lovely Leah and Corey. So we have two A names doubling up here, and we also have a doubling of Leah in the name Aaliyah. So there's a lot, there's a lot happening with this one, in my opinion. Clearly, Leah is doing an A theme, which is great. I love it when people have similar lettered names. I don't know how else to say it. I'm pretty high. I apologize. We're getting to like the, the meat of the show now. So I'm like, mm. um, the spelling on these are kind of fucking me up. Aaliyah is spelled A-L-E-E-A-H. Aliana is a little bit more understandable. A-L-I-A-N-N-A-H. Oh, so they're also doing the A-H thing too. Gosh, yeah, there's a lot happening here, and I've honestly sat and stared at these two names for like five full minutes, and I can't quite decide where to put them. Maybe that means we should just start going through the list and seeing if either of them beat the contenders for that spot on the list. Let's start with Aubrey Sky. Aubrey Sky, no one's beating that. That stays at number one. Sophia Loren. I can't replace either of those two at the top spot. Sophia stays where she is as well. Bentley Cadence. Bentley Cadence stays where he is. I cannot put Aaliyah or Aliana in the third spot. Jace. Now we have some competition. Aliana Hope. I like that name more than Jace. That knocks him out of that spot. Do I like Aaliyah Grace more than Jace? 
I love that it rhymes. After much consideration, I will have to say that I prefer the name Jace over Aaliyah Grace. It goes back to my preference for the J-A sounding names, but I will have to put Aliana Hope in the fourth spot and Aaliyah Grace in the sixth spot below Jace and above Baby Carolyn and Leah Leanne. So to some, we have Aubrey Skye in the top spot, Sophia Loren following, Bentley Cadence after that, Aliana Hope pulling in on the fourth spot for the Teen Mom Baby name game, Little Baby Jace in fifth, Aaliyah Grace in sixth, Baby Carolyn and Leah Leanne following seventh and eighth. Ooh, you guys, that one was a really tough one. I love their middle names so much, and I think that's why Aaliyah is above Baby Carolyn. And unfortunately, y'all know how I feel about Leah Leanne. If not, go back to Amber's episode and hear me bitch about it for 20 minutes. I'm sure it's so entertaining. There you have it. That is the current ranking on the Teen Mom Baby Name Game. Teen Mom Baby Name. Thankfully, both Aliana and Aaliyah are perfectly healthy, but because they were so small and born so early, they had to be taken immediately to intensive care and helped with their breathing and eating by tubes and all that unfortunate stuff. The good news is that it's totally normal and a completely natural part of when this happens with twins and nothing is amiss. We see a lot of video that I believe was probably taken by Leah or the family of Leah and Corey taking care of their babies while they're in intensive care. Corey's there the entire time. You don't fucking hear Leah say once, I had to call him to come back. I didn't know where he was. I didn't blah, blah. No, nothing. Corey's there. Corey's excited and Corey is getting used to being a new dad. This is weird, but I like it. After three days, much like we saw with Chelsea, Leah was discharged from the hospital while Aliana and Aaliyah had to stay behind and get a little bit more strength before they were sent home. The twins need to stay in the hospital for about three weeks before they're released home, and during that time, Corey and Leah are both up there every day, hanging out, feeding, changing the babies, bonding, just doing the family thing. During the next few scenes, we watch Leah adjust to new motherhood with twins. We see Corey helping again more than I think other dads have helped nearly at all. But Leah, of course, is still frustrated and very overwhelmed with the two babies and the boyfriend she's not really happy with. Eventually, though, it does get closer to the time where Leah is getting ready to go back to high school. She's very excited and mentions multiple times that she's going to live it up as if she had been there the whole time or as if she had never left because this is her senior year and she clearly needs to live it up. I'm not sure what that means, but I will tell you that Corey is not a fan of this. Going back to high school means going back to seeing Robbie on a daily basis. It sounds like there may be more tension behind the name Robbie in this relationship than we have actually seen on camera at this time. We know that Leah has thought about Robbie and wanted to maybe go back to him and started maybe missing him, but I personally have not seen a conversation about it on this episode between Leah and Corey. 
We hear Corey kind of address some of his concerns about Leah going back to school in this conversation. I'm excited to finally get back to school and make the most of my senior year. But Corey's got an attitude because he knows I'll be back around my ex-boyfriend Robbie. And we used to get into a lot of trouble together. When are you getting your license? Whenever I can. It's my senior year and I have not been a part of it at all. You keep a good head on you, and then you'll be all right. But if you go to school and you just go hog wild, nah. Well, I'm going to live it up just like I lived. I would have if I wasn't. Yeah, I'm saying, you can live it up without going crazy. How would I go crazy? Like, party every weekend, party every day. You know, just let uh, that crap get in the way of your family that you have um, My girls mean more to me than that. I know that I'm a mom now, but it's still my senior year, and I should be able to enjoy it, no matter what Corey says. So, a couple things with this one. Clearly, this isn't the first conversation they're having about this, but definitely the first conversation we as viewers are seeing. You can't really tell through the tone of her voice, but watching this scene, Leah is getting very defensive, specifically towards the end of the clip where you hear her say, my girls mean a little bit more to me than that. As in, how could you even question my love for my girls and my ability to put them first, even though I'm talking all about living it up on my senior year of high school Leah, it doesn't really sound like you're remembering your girls, or Corey, for that matter, at all in that moment. It sounds like you're a teenager, which you are, okay, but it sounds like you're a high schooler, a normal high schooler again, going back to school for your last year. Honey, you're not. You can't go and live it up. I don't know what kind of partying a girl like Leah does, because she doesn't seem wild to me, but... Clearly, she has a wild side. We saw with Amber, wild side plus parenting doesn't really mix. So this attitude I'm seeing with Leah going back to school and Corey's hesitancy specifically makes me a little bit nervous. She seems a little bit too excited to go and also very ready to defend anything and everything that she wants to do. She should be able to do it, no matter what Corey says. That ending part there, I don't know. It doesn't sit right with me, and I don't like it. Oh, and Leah does mention earlier in this scene that her mother will be watching the twins all day while she goes back to school, so she won't even have to worry about daycare. It certainly does not take very long at all before Leah's going to school actually presents a real rift between Leah and Corey's relationship. Leah's first day back at school, all of her friends are so excited to see her that they want to go out to dinner to celebrate her coming back, which seems like a nice thing, except Leah plans to leave the babies home with Corey while she goes out and does whatever with a group of people, which happens to include her ex-boyfriend, Robbie. Hmm... We are shown a scene of Leah getting ready to go out to dinner with her friends after school, and she's telling Corey, matter-of-factly, that she's going out tonight, she doesn't care, she's going out tonight, and again, being strangely defensive when Corey is saying very little in response. He's holding the two twins sitting on the fucking couch, 
And maybe it's his non-response that irritates her. Why isn't he giving me more attention? I'm going out. I don't care what he says. He should be protesting more, so I'm going to protest first? I, I don't know. It's weird. To the viewer's perception, Leah volunteers that she's not quite sure who's all going tonight. Her sister Victoria's going. This guy's going. Oh, Robbie's going. She tells Corey, Robbie's going. But then her voiceover comes in and says, I maybe shouldn't have told Corey that Robbie is going because now he's making my night a living hell. You talk about, oh, all of a sudden, here's Robbie here, here's Robbie. Here. It's, it kind of gets kind of. Uh, worry I don't ever head. say that. The psycho. What is that with you and psycho? Because you are, Leah. You, you get mad because I get all huffy puffy about your ex boyfriend. No, that's not it, Corey. Yesterday, you was all like. Oh, yeah, please. Whatever. I don't care. I don't care. You make me not care, just so you know. I know. I, don't really I can't care stand either. you. I, I really can't stand can. you half the time. I can't stand you all the time, so what's the matter? Okay, then. Oh. Why are you with me then? Maybe because I have two kids with you. Is that the only reason? I'm not totally sure, but I think this is one of the most civilized arguments we've seen on 16 and Pregnant and Teen Mom. I will say usually when I hear people during an argument tell the other person to stop yelling, I often think that that is a momentary reach for control of the situation and the conversation. In this situation, I don't think that's the case. I think here when Corey tells Leah to not yell, he's genuinely requesting that because A, there are two tiny baby children in the room, and B, he requires an amount of respect that doesn't involve yelling at him. And I think in that moment, he asks for it in a very rational and calm way. And even the tonality of his voice isn't threatening. Leah takes that immediately and shuts down. She doesn't want to be told what to do. And that sets off the actual toxic part of the argument that they're having. There's no reason for you to act like this. I'm going to be going to go to school every day. Are you going to act like that no, every time I walk in the door, doors of Hoover? Well, then what's the difference? I can't help that he hangs out with my friends. It's time for you to build a bridge and get over it. And I want to go out one time and just because Robbie's going, I can't go. I didn't say you couldn't go. I never no, said but you, you act go. like that. I said, but I, okay, when I go out, I'm going. It's the only time we fight when I want to go out. No, because you get this little attitude when you get ready to go right out. And you're like, <laughs> I'm going out. I'm going out here. And you strut around like a turkey with his tail blocked out. That's why you always act. Every time you get ready to do something, then I'm kind of like, okay, she's going to go crazy night. Okay, I'm not sure what kind of edit they're giving Leah, but from that comment from Corey right there, oh, she's going to go out and go fucking crazy tonight. It sounds like this has happened a couple times already. I thought this was supposed to be her first day of school, but who knows how they compile this episode. When the scene continues, when she's out with her friends, we'll get to that in a second, Corey is straight up shown, at home, baby in his arms, and one on the couch next to him, feeding these kids, taking care of them, while mom goes out and flirts with some jackass teeny bopper dick. How am I flocking around by telling you I'm going out and I told you who I was going? Yeah. I could have been like, nope, he's not going, yeah, and then yeah. lied. 
But you, I want someday. I want you, uh, one day. I want you to put yourself in my shoes and see I how have, long. I have. I don't went. care. How long was we together before we got pregnant? Uh, not very long at all. It but does that month. matter? Does it matter? Was I in love? No, I wasn't. No, was I? No, I wasn't either. Okay. But did I have? Did no, I we go have out to here stick with each other. Stick. Stick. So you're saying for what for them you'd be gone? We both would. A lot of harsh and heavy language used here. Especially to just flat out say, if it weren't for the girls, we wouldn't be together. It hurts me every time I hear it. That's such an awful thing to say. And maybe it's just because I'm PMSing right now, you guys. But like watching Corey be an active dad is like really pulling at my heartstrings. And I don't want these two to fight. I feel like I forget how much I sympathize with their entire story, not just Leah, not just Corey, not just the babies, their entire story. I really, ugh, I'm a bleeding heart for it. And hearing things like that, while we wouldn't be together if it weren't for the girls, it breaks my heart. Those are such hurtful words. After the upsetting argument, Leah still goes out with her friends. She's shown at a hibachi restaurant with like 10 other people. There are a lot of friends there, so I guess it was like a whole thing. Robbie is there sitting a few people down from her, so they're not really attached at the hip, but Leah is shown to be paying quite a bit of attention to him. At one point, in fact, during the conversations of the night, they're talking about Leah getting her license, as we heard Corey refer to earlier, and she says she's getting it as soon as she can, and that Corey's actually buying her a car. Her friends say he's buying you a car, and she's like, yeah, he really is. And her closer friend Rachel says, and you're leaving him? Which causes Leah, Rachel, and the vicinity there to burst into laughter. Awkward laughter, I think, but still highly inappropriate laughter. This is the father of your child. This isn't like a dude you met and have been dating for a couple weeks where you can just casually talk to your friends at a dinner saying, yeah, I'm probably going to leave him. No, 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 no. He deserves more respect than that. And I do fault her because I don't think that's couth. Her friend should not have said that at dinner, obviously. Her reaction to laugh was inappropriate, obviously. But I have to remember that this girl is 17 years old. She doesn't understand that weight behind this is your baby's father and this is your flavor of the week boyfriend. But just understand that I think that's severely fucked up to just casually your friend drops, oh, and you're going to leave him after you say he's going to buy you a car. And everyone erupts into laughter. Ha ha ha, that's so funny, especially with her ex-boyfriend there, who it's pretty obvious she's still crushing on. This is just not a good situation. If you wanted to stay trashy and lifted, you picked the right episode. After dinner, Leah's voiceover says that spending all this time with her friends really makes her realize how unhappy she's been with Corey. In the car on the way home, Leah is discussing with her friends that even though things are quote-unquote okay with Corey right now, she really doesn't think it's going to work because ultimately, Leah is not happy. Throughout the rest of the car ride home, her friends are essentially encouraging her in this line of thought, like, you met him and got pregnant with him within a month. That shouldn't mean you have to stay with him for the rest of your life. If you're really this unhappy, blah, 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 blah. And truly, I do agree with that. 
no, she should not have to stay with Corey for the rest of her life if she's really not happy. But I really think she's only unhappy right now because she's dealing with so many transitional changes, new motherhood, moving in with Corey, being in a serious relationship with a guy she kind of just met, huge transitions and huge triggers for people to want to escape. And you have Robbie who presents himself as the past, a time where she was free, able to do whatever she wanted without being questioned, able to go out without thinking about two small babies at home that need her. And he just looks really good right now. He doesn't come with children. He won't yell at me. He won't make me feel bad for doing the things I'm doing. I'm going to focus on Robbie. So if I really thought that Leah was unhappy because Corey was treating her badly, or the relationship wasn't good for either of them, I would tell you. By this point, I hope you know that I would. But I really think here, Leah is looking for a quick way out and sees Robbie as that quick fix, somehow forgetting that at the end of the day, she still has two children and a baby daddy to deal with. Her voiceover ends out that scene by saying, the more she sees Robbie, the more she misses him. What if she's ended up with the wrong guy? In the next scene, Leah's voiceover tells us that she has been spending more time with Robbie even after that argument, and it's really begun to create a problem within she and Corey's relationship. Over the next few scenes, no one comes out and says it, but it's very heavily implied that Leah has maybe perhaps cheated on Corey with Robbie. Again, it hasn't been said, but Leah's voiceover says multiple times, oh, when I'm with Robbie, it's so free and simple and easy, and it sounds very much like they're not just hanging out being buddies. Also, another interesting thing that her voiceovers say in these next few scenes, which I'm just trying to recap because this is a 60-minute long episode and I've already gone on so long, Leah mentions that when she's with Corey, there's all this pressure on her, she feels like, to give up the things that are most important to her. We see Corey and Leah having a conversation about the different things they've given up for this relationship and for their children. Corey cites his baby car that he loved so much, his truck, and Leah cites homecoming, cheerleading, and the first half of her senior year. I'm not going to discount either of those. Those are probably gigantic sacrifices in their minds. That's great. But I feel like Leah is probably falsely attributing the need for her to give up those things to Corey and not to her own decisions. And that would, again, contribute to her not wanting to be with Corey that has nothing to do with the way he treats her or the way their relationship actually is. It's all this harbored resentment, perhaps, from feeling like she's given up everything. She's had to give up so much, even though she still does get that second half of her senior year. I get it. Homecoming is a big thing. Homecoming senior year is a big thing. So that was a big thing to miss. However, she holds on to that hurt so tightly she is making Corey pay for it when it's really not his fault. 
and he's not keeping her from going or doing anything. But now that Robbie has become such a serious problem in their relationship, he's way more apprehensive and a little bit more vocal about telling her, I don't want you hanging out with Robbie. As the episode continues, we hear Leah continue to complain about all the different stressors in her life and how when she's at school, she feels completely different and very free and simple and easy, and it feels like she fits in and belongs there, which is very easy to do when you're not carrying twins around and have no visual trigger to remember your baby daddy and children at home. Her confidence in this realm gets the better of her, unfortunately. One day after school, she asks Robbie to take her to her mom's house and ends up inviting him in to see the baby girls. Leah's voiceover mentions that after Robbie comes inside the house, he started acting weird, not like himself. It seems like when he finally got to see Leah in mommy mode, actually caring for twin baby girls, it was probably this stark realization like, wow, I'm at my ex-girlfriend's mom's house meeting her two daughters by another guy. This is a weird situation, so I don't blame him for kind of clamming up a little bit. We see the scene, he's not talking very much. She's trying to make light conversation, but he's sitting there, and full disclosure, he brought a friend with him, but it's really inconsequential because the friend never says anything. It is totally an awkward moment. And for what? Because when Corey found out this happened behind his back, he was not happy. I don't like it. And you can sit here and say whatever you want, but you wouldn't like that. You know what I mean? I understand that that's your friend. He hangs out with him. Whatever. I mean, you, you don't understand that's, that's, that's cool. And you call it stupid and insecure. That's your opinion. If you're unhappy, Leah, I swear, I don't want you miserable. I think I'm happy if you're happy. I know, but I think we're both making ourselves unhappy, Corey. I mean, it hurts, uh, yeah. but we can't just stay together just because of the kids. No, we can't. And I don't, I don't want to. We talked about this before the kids came out. And is it going to hurt me? Yeah, it's going to suck. Because I, I, I already know that. I know we're done. I know this and you know it. Whoa, okay. I'm going to stop it right there because I don't feel like crying in my blunt tonight. So as you heard, Leah and Corey have this pretty big fight in the car on their way somewhere and the way they leave it off before they hit the commercial break is Corey and Leah both crying in the car Corey saying Leah it's whatever you want which is so much more easier said than uh being accurate if you could say something like that because it might be whatever Leah wants but Leah also doesn't know what she wants She's in the middle of trying to figure out what she wants and can't see that right now. After the break, we learn that Leah and Corey do in fact take some time apart. Leah goes to her mother's house to stay for a little while with the girls, while Corey, I assume, is in their house apartment. I'm not sure what it is they have. And we also learn things aren't going quite as Leah planned with Robbie. It would seem that at school, shortly after she and Corey had this huge argument, she tries to get Robbie's attention. He avoids her all day. And when he finally does get the news that, hey, I might be leaving Corey, he essentially doesn't give a shit. So, oops, Leah, you played yourself. 
I don't know why she thought that it was cool to move ahead with that, based on how he acted when she invited him over to meet her babies. How awkward he was and hands-off and kind of didn't seem like he wanted to be there. So now the follow-up is, I'm leaving my baby daddy for you, Robbie? No. Leah's voiceover says that she and Corey have not really been talking at all since she made this temporary move to her mother's house, but Corey did reach out saying that he wanted to see the baby girls, so they met up for dinner that night. I assume this is about a week after the initial fight? I'm not totally sure. Of course, it starts off civil until Corey mentions, hey, maybe let me take the girls overnight. Leah says no, and I don't necessarily blame her, but I also kind of do because she doesn't have a legitimate reason to say no. I think she just is doing so because she doesn't want to be away from the girls and for some reason doesn't feel like she can verbalize this. Because when Corey asks for an explanation, she doesn't really give one. She just shakes her head and continues looking down at one of the babies that she's holding. And this is very frustrating to Corey, and he actually sits there at the table with his head in his hand saying, I want my kids. That's all. Wow. I fucking love Corey. Okay, I understand they're both in very difficult situations, but I hate seeing him be dragged through the mud like this by Leah. Like, she really should be cutting him some slack because of the terrible dads that we've seen on this show so far. She is a lucky one, in my opinion. It would seem that promptly after denying Corey the privilege of taking the girls home for the evening, she then hits him up for extra money since she's not working and is currently taking care of the girls by herself at her mom's house. This makes Corey lose it. But I still gotta pay off our electric bill, our rent, our suddenly, our dish and uh, trash bill. I carry two kids for nine months straight. Lived in hell, okay? I was right there with you. I wasn't in pain, yeah, but I got... No, I can't, because I can't get pregnant. What? What do you think about now, if I ever miss Pucker Lips? What? I haven't been able to work for nine months straight because I was pregnant. Then we should have worked it out. bed rest. What do you mean, you sh we should have worked it we out? We should have worked out and still been together. It wasn't all in my decision. I expect everything from I the world. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> What did I f do? <laughs> Why are you crying? Why are you crying? Ugh, another really heavy conversation and very draining to listen to. I feel like Leah is reaching a breaking point here, one that we've seen her at the precipice of, I think, the entire episode. But finally, she just can't take it anymore. Here's Corey listing off all the things that he does for her that she's being perceived as pretty ungrateful for, I would say. We also have everything that happened with Robbie not working out in her favor. She has to go home to her mother's house where she has to take care of two baby girls by herself with all of this weight on her shoulders. And so we hear that breakdown of her crying and then screaming at Corey thereafter. It's hard to listen to. 
It's hard to listen to because I've been that crazy girl in the passenger seat screaming at the driver. Like, why can't you just listen? Why can't you just A, B, C, and D? Like, why is this so hard? That's what I'm seeing here with Leah. Why is this so hard? And it's a, it's a lot of self-pity. It's really more of why is this so hard for me? And why is this happening to me? At least from when I was that crazy girl in the passenger seat, that's what used to go through my mind. So I can only imagine what a post-pregnancy woman would be feeling in this moment, having this intense argument with her baby's father. It seems like this argument was the last straw for Corey. He went back to their apartment home, got all his stuff, and moved right out. Which I guess means Leah can go back there. We do see her taking care of the twins by herself back at the apartment that she and Corey had moved into together, except now it's just her and the girls, and she's doing it all on her own. Like, all on her own. Mama's not there, sister's not there. It's just Leah and the girls. Leah tells us that she's had to stay home a full week from school because she just can't handle the twins and her schoolwork at the same time. Also, she's spoken to Robbie on the phone a few times, but he stopped returning her calls. So, sounds like the Robbie door is closed? Question mark? As the scene continues, we see one of Leah's friends, Kayla, come over and lend a helping hand with the girls. They're also having a conversation about how life has changed since Corey's moved out and what that means for Leah now. Leah kind of goes about recapping, oh, she was very sad the first few days, she's gotten a little bit more used to it now, and then she starts talking about before they broke up and what led to their breakup or separation, maybe not breakup, whatever you want to call it. And she mentions Robbie. And she actually says that, yeah, Robbie started coming around, but maybe I looked at him as a way out, as an excuse to get away from this bad situation with Corey. Now that's some awareness. This is the second time, at least, that we've seen her show this level of awareness. And it sucks that it has to be in hindsight, but... As they say, hindsight is always 2020. But I truly don't think we've ever seen this level of awareness in any of the girls until like their ending monologue, you know? And even then, it's questionable, right? So, no, Leah's not making good decisions, and she hasn't really been. But this right here, where she says, eh, I may have been using Robbie as an escape. That takes balls to admit, especially balls to admit on camera. The scene continues, and we see Leah going out to get her nails done with her friend Kayla that she was just speaking with, because it's Valentine's Day, and she's really depressed about Corey. Great. Leah admits that even though she's getting her nails done, she doesn't feel a whole lot better. So that kind of sucks, but at least she got out and she was doing something. Of course, on the way home, they happen to run into a few of their friends, and mutual friends of Corey's. Leah had already been hearing rumors that Corey may be dating somebody else already, another reason why this Valentine's Day was extra hard for her to begin with. And now she's running into these friends who just happened to tell her, oh yeah, Corey, he's over across the street at the McDonald's with Ashley and Paige. Two girls, not just one. Woo, Corey, you dog! But really, this news makes Leah very upset. And I get why, but also if he is there with two girls, and it's just him and two girls, then it can't be that serious of a date. You know what I mean? So take that for what it is. But Leah is very upset, and she kind of jets off right there, <laughs> leaves them in her dust. 
She and Kayla circle around the McDonald's across the street, see the two girls they mentioned, and then spot Corey's car. That's all the confirmation Leah needs, and she drives home feeling pretty shitty. This ain't cool. This is not cool at all. I'm sorry, but I'm going home. I'm going home to set and, you know, take care of kids. You know what? I blame the on myself, you know? I hate my life. I really do. Yo, straight up. She did a 180 from where I thought she was going. I thought it was going to be, how could he do this to me? I can't believe this, blah, 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 blah. But no, we see that awareness again. I blame this shit on myself. And this is why I have such sympathy for Leah. I feel for Leah because she she's working on it. She, I feel like she wants to get better or else these thoughts wouldn't enter her head she wouldn't be thinking that she did anything wrong here at all. But no, she understands what she did. She sees what happened here. And now Corey is out doing whatever the fuck Corey wants to do because more power to him, he's allowed. And she gets to go home, set, and take care of babies. As we start wrapping up Leah's 60-minute episode... We get a nice scene of her and her mother. I think they're sitting in her mom's bed. I'm not totally sure. And Leah's just kind of discussing with her how life used to be versus life now. You know, the 16 and pregnant endings, how they talk about that. Kind of a recap for those of us who were not paying attention. But this one ends so sadly and also sincerely. Leah goes, cuddles up to her mom, gives her a hug and says, I wish I could just come home be a little kid again, stay in bed forever, or something like that. And Leah's mom says, oh yeah, you just want to stay cuddled up with me, gives her a kiss and a hug. And Leah's mom can't see it because of where Leah is, but Leah's crying. It's so sad. You know in that moment, she just wants all of this to go away, or at least go back to a point to where she could have a family put together. You can tell she doesn't want things the way they are now. That's further reinforced in her ending monologue where she says multiple times that she wants to take everything back and she knows that she did Corey wrong and their relationship will probably never be the same. It's sad. She's crying in this monologue. She was just crying with her mom. She's crying in the car with Corey. Girls crying all day long and I'm crying with her. Very emotional episode, you guys. Now me and Corey's not together. And my kids don't have a family like they should have. I can't take back the hurt that I've done. But I would do anything to just take it back and change things. And I'll live with this regret probably for the rest of my life. And it just scares me. And on that chipper note, we end our story of Leah's 16 and pregnant. A super heavy one, guys. Thank you for sticking in there with me. One of the reasons it took me so long to get this one out to you is because I find this story so heavy. I can't concentrate on it for that long. I've had to take breaks. I've had to take breathers. And of course, I had to sink into some depression here and there. You know, the usual winter stuff. 
But anyway, thank you so much for joining me on this session of About This Time of Day, a Teen Mom podcast. And please be sure to join us next time when we are going to talk about the last girl in the 16 and pregnant universe for Teen Mom 2, Kaylin, another favorite. It's going to be a fun ride for Kaylin. I can't wait. Until then, you can catch us on Instagram or Twitter at A-T-T-O-D podcast on Instagram or Twitter. That is the acronym for the show about this time of day. And I am on Instagram a little bit more than I'm on Twitter these days, but either way on there, you'll find some fun things like previews into our next session's companion strain, bad art I like to do for every session as well, and of course, announcements on when new sessions are posted. So I hope to see you guys on there. I just want to make sure I wish all my lovely listeners a very happy new year, and I hope you had a wonderful holiday as well. I, of course, dropped off a little bit there, but hey, we all have things going on. Like New Year's Eve, for example. Personally, I will be smoking weed. I'm going to be playing some Pokemon Snap that I rented from the library. And uh, definitely snacking on like a hot dip or something. Okay. She's on the crazy night.